It's time for a conversation with NFL Network's Charles Davis. Brought to you by Premier Golf Centers. Now with Charles Davis, here's Jason Puckett and the Gas Man. Welcome back. Hour number two. The Gas Man is uh, is off here for the next three days. Slickhawk is uh, is sitting in uh, today. Hour number two of the radio program. We have him on every single Wednesday at this time to break. We were leading up to the draft. Now we're going to break down the draft from this past weekend. Charles Davis joins us on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline, brought to you by Premier Golf with their 12 great locations across the Puget Sound area. And, of course, uh, Charles, he visits us. We will talk about 80s movies at the end. Charles, this is going to be one of my all-time favorite movie scenes that we'll have at the end of our of our uh, conversation today. But let me I'm going to throw you a curveball right off the bat, okay? Okay, okay. You, I'm going to ask you something, a personal question here. Are you married? All right. Are you married? I am. Okay. This is perfect. You're going to love this question. I am married, too. I am okay. going on uh, – we're going on 10 years here. Uh, Congratulations. Thank you. Well, it's – we've barely made it. We sleep in separate bedrooms, but that's for another show, Charles. Uh, what – that, does, that doesn't make it bad. <laughs> sleep in separate bedrooms just, just so they can get some sleep. There you go. But, uh, you know. All right. So we – The key is do you visit each other's bedrooms? Yeah. All right, there you go. Move on. All right, what chores around the house do you despise the most, Charles? Dishes, cleaning the bathroom, yard work, or laundry? We asked our listeners to vote on that uh, this morning. Cleaning, cleaning the bathroom, and, then, and nothing else even comes close to it. And that, Charles, is our runaway leader right now at 40% of the vote. 23% say yard work, 19% say laundry, 18% uh, say dishes. So you agree with our yeah, listeners, I'm, cleaning I'm, the bathroom. I'm good with laundry and dishes. Like, in fact, you know, to try and act like I'm a full participant around the house, I will often do laundry without being asked. I will often do the dishes and put them in the dishwasher. And I actually scrape the dishes and scrub them a little before I put them in. And isn't that standard? Should that not be standard protocol to wipe the food off? Have to. It should it should be. It should be. Yeah, your wife's not like my ev- wife. Not, she doesn't do not that. Every, oh. Not everyone adheres. Uh-huh. And then they wonder why they're running the same dish multiple <laughs> times. It's so funny. We all have the same problem. Mm-hmm. It's why is right? that? I don't know why that is. Oh, I good. mean, I guess they hear. I guess people hear dishwasher oh. and think, well, okay, it's off. I'm off the hook. Right. Not if not if you've caked on. 18 pounds of food that you can't get off with a jackhammer and you think that the dishwasher is going to do all the work. It's so but that's, true. Again, that's another another time, another uh, place. And, mm. you know, I'm not really pointing a finger, but I'll get I'll do anything to get out of cleaning the bathroom. Yeah. And I actually used to love to do the uh, I used to love to uh, mow the lawn. Yeah. yeah. But I never understood the edging thing. Mm. Like you got to edge. I love to edge. So I would oh. I would mow the lawn and leave it. Yeah, you got to edge. So it, it looked it looked a lot like you know bad haircuts by the time it was all said. Yeah, if, if you're not if you're not edging, you're not doing it right. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was told. You got it. Okay, edge. so I learned. All right, Charles, a breakdown. Just give me your your overall thoughts of of what the Seahawks did in the draft this past weekend. The Seahawks did what the Seahawks do, and I think what what surprises me every year is us. And I'm going to lump us together, okay. us national people, right? You know, I guess we could be considered national whether we're talking heads or writers or, or analysts, whatever you want to say, right, in all the categories, every year it feels like everyone has an arched eyebrow a la The Rock at Seattle's <laughs> draft picks, right? And more times than not, 
they prove out to be pretty darn good or okay, better than what you might have expected. Remember when Earl Thomas got selected and Pete Carroll did not take Taylor Mays, his safety from USC? I'd say that worked pretty well. <laughs> Bruce Irvin was a very controversial. What, what, what? They take it who? At that spot, I think he was at 15, mm-hmm. and people flipped out. An undersized linebacker, he'll be a specialist only. Well, Bruce played pretty well for Seattle, and then he made his money in Oakland. I could go on. Now, look, no one bats a 1,000. But Seattle drafts to, 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 to placate Seattle and their organization, not to placate us. So they don't give a flip what grade we put on it. They go for specific reasons, and they have traits in mind that they want and they see that player doing X, Y, and Z for their ball club. Now, the Rashad Penny one, everyone flipped out, right? But if I remember correctly, Seattle did not have a pick after the Rashad Penny pick until the third round. Mm-hmm. So if they wanted to get a running back that, that fit their traits, what they were looking for, they had to go ahead and do it. And we say this about quarterbacks all the time. If you like him, it doesn't matter what everyone else thinks. You better go get him because you might not get enough – well, I think that's how Seattle viewed this one. And Rashad Penny's dimensions remind you of Marshawn Lynch. He doesn't run exactly like Marshawn in my estimation, but he does have some thump to him, does have some force, and he definitely can break away and, and run away from people. And don't forget, right away, kick return ability. Guy, guy had seven of them at San Diego State. So I'm not as, as critical of the selection as I think the knee jerk was that night. Because you know what it was like that night. Everybody, whoa! Mm -hmm. And the other part of it was, if you're going to get a running back, who else was still left on the board that would have fit fit the model for them? A number of running backs. So that's why I think that got so much vitriol. But Rasheem Green, defensive end from USC, I think he's going to play inside more. And that's a screaming need for Seattle, to have more of those guys up front because you know who is no longer there. Cliff Averill's not likely to play anymore. Right, Sheldon Richardson left in free agency, so Jaron Reed's got to have some more people around him and running mates. The Will Disley selection at tight end—that's one that all of a sudden, you know what I was doing? I was racking my brain because Will Disley is a tremendous blocker, and everyone talks about the offensive line. And Seattle has been one of those places that they do not mind taking guys who played another position and flipping them. I see you, Jr. Sweezy, for one. George Fant, the former basketball player who they expect to come back this year and contribute heavily. Disley at tight end can play tight end, but with his blocking ability, if you ever hear them say they're going to make him an offensive tackle, don't be shocked. Hmm. I'm just I'm just calling my shot early. I may be way off base, but I think back in the NFL, remember Paul Seymour played with the Buffalo Bills. Hmm. I don't flipped I don't him, recall turned him to turn turned into an offensive tackle. Earl Cooper caught a tight caught a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl for the 49ers. They turned him into an offensive tackle later and had a pretty nice career. It can happen. That's what I think when I see Disley. I think he's a decent receiver. And, of course, when you get down into, it, obviously, the pick of the night, the pick of the weekend with Shaquem uh, Griffin, for so many different reasons. But let's not lose sight of the fact that he can play football. And he can. I've seen him up close and personal. I'm a big believer in him. I think they'll take Trey Flowers and move him to corner right away because he fits that long corner that you're looking for. So going through all of it, it was a normal draft for the Seattle Seahawks as far as I'm concerned they know what they're looking for we are always a step or two behind in the media thinking about this whole thing let's see how it plays out for them again
Charles, we spoke earlier this week with a writer who graded the Seahawks draft as an F. And when we spoke to him, he said he didn't do it because of who they picked as much as it was what their general philosophy Mm. is. And them going back to hardcore pounding the run. Obviously, you get Penny, you get Disley, who's going to block for him, and gearing the personnel and what they did in the draft toward that instead of loading up Russell Wilson with weapons and being able to improve the passing game that way. Does he have a point that maybe they're going about this whole thing the wrong way? I've, this is where I've flipped it around, and, and this would be a very healthy debate with, with this writer. For me, their philosophy, their DNA is in what they're trying to do. Load up on the run, pound people, and when they were doing that, was that not the time they went to two Super Bowls? I mean, to, me, that helps, no. to me, that helps Russell Wilson because – the Russell Wilson that's had to run around like crazy, and you know every bit of offense that, that you know has flown through has, has flowed through him. You got a playoff year out of it, and then this year you didn't get the playoffs. I know people are screaming about the offensive line, and Jamarco Jones went later on for Ohio State, and he can help fortify it. But I do believe that if you look at it, and I think nationally we don't look at it closely enough. You guys work with me here real quick. What round was Justin Britt drafted in? Second? Nah. First or second? He was first. No, Britt? Justin second. Britt? He was second. Britt. Yeah, yeah. Second. I don't think second round. Okay. Second yeah. round. Okay. Ethan Posick. Second round, correct? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, your left tackle, Dwayne Brown, was a first round pick. Right. German yeah. Effetti was a first round pick. Yep. Yeah. The only reason I say it that way is they're counting on this offensive line to fulfill his potential with a new coach coaching it. So that tells me that internally they look at these guys and think if we have a different voice, the right guy, blah, 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 and play to the strength of what these guys are, they have a chance to be better. The last couple of years they haven't had that running game, and Russell has been the running game, whether it's been designed runs and even more often take off and run for your life runs. They think that they can get back and do that more. And make plays that way. I get where the I get where the writer's going. I have no major quarrel over that. But I also remember when they were at their peak and they were doing it that way and beating the heck out of you in the running game. It opens it up and makes the throws easier for Wilson. And I would dare say help prolong things rather than have him doing what he's doing now, which is trying to run for his life and make a play at the same time. Yeah, because it. I, I think where the, where the rub is, I think for for a lot of people. And I and I get it, but it's it's I think more, at least in my opinion, Charles and Slick. I don't know if you agree with this. I think the commentary is I think where Slick, where you were going with it is, you're gonna eventually he's gonna. He, I mean, Russell Wilson's making almost thirty million dollars. He will yeah. when they re, when they redo his deal, he will be a thirty million dollar quarterback. I think people associate that amount of money with. Okay, now the offense has got to be all on him, so yeah. he's got to throw it. 35 plus times a game to justify paying him 30 million dollars. I and I see I understand that but I would just counter I get with that. but I would counter with he I think he can win you some games doing that and cuz I've seen it. I've seen it before where the you game have is seen it. Yeah, where the game is where you've needed to Atlanta Falcons playoff game his rookie year. They mm-hmm. needed him to throw the yeah. ball more and he did. They he brought him all the way back. But I think consistently over 16 games He's always going to be a quarterback, I think, in my opinion, you know, throws it 25 to 29 times a game. That's when he's most effective because if he has a good running game, 
his he can then take deeper shots downfield and be more efficient throwing the ball with a higher completion percentage and hitting bigger chunk plays. And I think that's the aim of what they want to see out of Russell. And and I and I tend to go in that direction. Let's just take it very quickly, and we can always move on from here. Just go to to last season, and with the style of play that they had to have because they had so many issues and, and go on and so on. Russell saved. Say, I, would you agree that Russell, in a big way, saved the Houston Texans game? That was a major shootout. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right, did that one. Mm -hmm. But when they went to Nashville and got into that shootout and he had to bring them back, he did the best he could, and it fell on him. Didn't quite get that one done. The Washington game at home, when they came in, and Kirk Cousins ends up making the big throw late in the ball game, and, of course, you had to miss field goals in that one. Mm -hmm. I think it's a scatter – scatter shout's the wrong word, but it's a little bit more hit or miss when you're relying on him to do those things consistently – and be that guy without giving him some relief, some help. I think any quarterback's better when you actually run the ball. Tom Brady's better when the New England Patriots had the Garrett Blunt pounding away and he could flip it out to James White, and a lot of their stuff was controlled passing, et cetera. It's a lot better when you're able to do that. So I, I get where you're going. $30 million, you expect him to be 6'5", 235, and throw it 35 to 40 times a game. I don't know that that's going to be successful for Seattle and their philosophy. And – they're rebuilding the defense. Right. And if you're rebuilding that defense, you have to protect that defense a little bit. And I don't think throwing it every down helps protect the defense that you're rebuilding. Charles Davis uh, joining us for his weekly visit uh, brought to you by uh, Premier Golf with their 12 great locations around the Puget Sound area. Charles, what do you think is the state of this defense, especially the secondary now? Because in the draft, the Seahawks, they, they get Trey Flowers, but he's not expected to come in and start right away. Right. They do re-sign Byron Maxwell. You have to presume he's going to start opposite Shaquille Griffin. Earl Thomas, for now at least, is still a Seahawk. And, you know, if Cam Chancellor doesn't come back, it's Bradley McDougald back there. Is that a defense? Uh, I mean, look, you're, we're just looking at trying to get back into the playoffs, I yeah. guess, and then see what happens. Can they do that? It's a, it's a decent group. By, by you know, and, and I have to say decent because I'm measuring against the full Legion of Boom, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and when they, no matter who you measure against the full Legion of Boom, that group's going to come come up a little bit wanting, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, so, they, they ain't that. <laughs> but so you so here's where you're, here's where the rub is for me. You're counting on Byron Maxwell to raise his game again, and Byron really has been up and down along the way. Ask Miami. Right, mm-hmm. as you know, you asked us. He's probably had his best success in Seattle for whatever reason that fits him. You're hoping he's still playing to that level. Earl Thomas, the way we've been talking about it, it's hard to imagine that he's actually still going to be there. It almost feels like, okay, at what point will he be gone? But let's say he's still there. That's one of the great building pieces you've ever you're ever going to have. Yeah. All right, that part is cool. I think Shaquille Griffin is a star in the making. I thought what he did last year with his maturity, I love all of that. But in this draft, as I said, it was a Seattle Seahawks draft. I was a little bit surprised to not see any real corners taken. Trey Flowers is going to be a conversion. He was a safety. So who is it that they're liking what they have? Do they really like the guys that they have to come in and play and help you and fortify you? Because at one point, Nico Thorpe looked like he might have to be a starter right now, and he's been a special teams guy. That's the one spot that I thought, hmm, I thought they might add one or two of those guys mm-hmm. to give them a few more options there. 
And there's still time, obviously. You know, you still have the offseason. There may be some veteran pickups along the way. But, look, when you go from the Legion of Boom to these guys, they have to build an identity. They have to build a chemistry. That takes a little bit of time. Uh, we had him on yesterday, uh, Charles, and he reminded us that that punters are people too. What did you Rich. think when when you when Rich. you? Rich, yeah. I know you had Rich on. No, then, right? well, no, we had Michael Dixon on the actual punter. Oh, we yeah, had, Michael yeah, Dixon. Yeah, the actual oh, guy, and he reminded us. He goes, "Hey, I'm a punters are people." Yeah, that, that's, that's that's Rich's line. Yeah, he, well, okay. he said it too. He's like, I, "I'm a person. I I'm, I actually play. I put on a uniform." What was your reaction when that when that came down? They trade when they, they announced the trade, and then in yep. the fifth round they they take a punter. Well, I, I got ripped a little bit, and probably rightly so, because I was kind of doing a little tongue-in-cheek, because remember, he was the MVP of their Texas Bowl game. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, what the heck? If he's the MVP, did they do? Did no one get anything done in this game? <laughs> because cause if the punter's the MVP, what is going on with the offense? Yeah. Well, as it turned out, I think he had like 10 punts inside the 15, yeah. over 400 yards of punting, and all of that's wonderful. Now run that back in your run that back again. Over ten punts, that means your offense didn't do anything. Okay, so more power to Michael Dixon. I think that's wonderful, great, fantastic. We're still playing the game with field position. I have no problem at all with that one. But I'm also not the guy that just goes absolutely over the moon when someone drafts a punter. Right. More power to him. Okay. You're going to get punters out there. You're going to find the good ones and the better ones. We're going to celebrate like the Ray guys of the world the Reggie Robies of the world, guys of that nature. Marquette King got cut by Oakland because I'm sure John Gruden's like, I'm not dealing with his antics, but right. he's actually a pretty good player. Sure, That part's good, okay? More power to him. But, again, I come back to it. If, that, if, if you're the MVP of the Texas Bowl, I need to go back and watch the game and see what happened on offense if you punted it, you know, 10 times that you got him inside the 15, which is very skillful punting. But that's a lot of punning. Mm-hmm. All right, last thing for you before we uh, we close out with our traditional '80s movie clip: Which uh, quarterback uh, landed in the best position, in your opinion? Oh boy, I won't bore you with all the different reasons why. I'm going to say Josh Rosen did in Arizona, and here's why for me: He's got a brand new head coach named Steve Wilkes, and you guys remember Carolina under Steve Wilkes as defensive coordinator? Yeah, sure. They, they just blitz someone right now, and it's the offseason. <laughs> okay? That's Steve Wilkes. And I bet you he's going to be similar to Dan Quinn because a lot of defensive coaches want their offenses to be conservative and vanilla and not screw up their defense and put them in bad spots. Dan Quinn wants his offense to be as aggressive as he's going to be on defense. I'm betting Steve Wilkes has a similar philosophy. So what did they do? They gave him Christian Kirk in the second round out of Texas A&M, give him another receiver and another target. You know Larry Fitzgerald's still there, right? You know Jaron Brown's still there. John Brown, you know, they can fly on, on the outside on offense. And he gets David Johnson back. That's a great starting point for a rookie quarterback, isn't it? You can lean on David Johnson to not just run the thing, but you throw it to him out of the backfield, and he establishes a lot of plays for you that your quarterback doesn't have to make in a big, big way. And he also opens it up to where when it's time to throw it downfield, that gives him an opportunity. So I like where Rosen landed, especially if he lives up to the, you know, interview, the interview Josh Rosen where he's upset at the world, mad about the nine guys who went in front of him, you know, and acted like everything just went right down the tubes for him. I have no problem with that. I have no problem with his anger. I have no problem with him being upset he wasn't the first quarterback taken. I like the fact that he wants to compete. Now he has to actually go up and live up to it. I think he's in a good spot to do that. I think this is a good place for him. 
All right, we're going to leave you with this. Uh, 1988, this movie was released. It is still, I think, uh, debated to this day. What do you call the best boxer of all time? Pound for pound, Sugar Ray Robinson, the greatest fighter ever lived. Oh, come on, man. What about Joe Lewis? The Blonde Bomber. Now, that was a great boxer. You damn right. <laughs> I suppose nobody in here ever heard of Cassius Clay. <laughs> we got a point. Cassius Clay was a bad one. Yeah, I ain't saying Clay ain't bad. I'm just saying I stopped liking Cassius Clay. What's changing name to Muhammad Ali? What kind of that? Wait a second. Wait a second. A man has the right to change his name to whatever he wants to change it to. And if a man wants to be called Muhammad Ali, God this is a free country. You should respect his wishes and call the man Muhammad Ali. His mama named Clay. I'm going to call him Clay. I'm going to call him Clay. That's right. I say Clay. There it is, coming to America, oh. the great barbershop scene. Joe oh. Lewis was 137 uh, years old. I wanted to continue. Rocky Marciano beat him, right? <laughs> he was, yeah. Frank Sinatra. Frank told me he was 137 years old when he found you. Ever Frank met Sinatra no Frank came, up, came to shop? I said, Frank, Frank, you know Joe Lewis. How was Joe Lewis before Joe Rocky Marciano? Joe Lewis was 137 years old. Oh, see? See? Oh, so, God, I love so that movie. So bleep you, bleep you, bleep you. Who's next? Oh, God, that movie. It gets you, me every time. I'm going to leave you with this, guys. You know why I really love those those barbershop scenes? Yeah. My 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 uh, maternal grandfather, Shannon Richmond Sr., Elizabeth in Tennessee, owned a barbershop. And when I was a small child, I would go there. My dad actually cut hair as well. And that helped him, you know, make extra money when he was a young uh, school teacher just getting started. That's how he met my mother. All right. Took a job there, Mr. Richards, at Daddy Richmond's uh, barbershop, was cutting hair. I would sit there, you know, and after I came along, he'd have me in there and the whole deal. And he would always give me a strawberry soda, better known as Red Pop, <laughs> down south, and tell me just to just, just sit here, son, just sit here. And if I got too rambunctious, my grandfather, Daddy Shannon, had one leg. He had lost it, and the story was he lost it in a coal mining accident. I have a feeling there was something else in play, but we will go into that another day. <laughs> but he would stand on crutches on the one leg with the stump and cut people's hair, and in the barbershop, it was just like the scene. You heard politics. Yeah. You heard sports. You heard women, and nothing else was discussed in the barbershop. But if I got rambunctious, he would take one of his crutches, and plunk me with it and tell me to sit my little you-know-what down <laughs> and quit messing up. So every time I see that barbershop scene, yeah. I have a fond memory of my gra of my grandfather, uh, Daddy Shannon. May he rest in peace with those crutches and that anger. Yeah, I love it. Uh, great work this past weekend. Watched uh, uh, all of your guys' coverage on the NFL Network. Uh, we appreciate it. We will chat with you next week. Thanks, Charles. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. And maybe next time we'll talk about the difference between McDonald's and McDowell. There we go. All right. <laughs> All right. There we go. Perfect. We'll go. have to get that. There he is, Charles Davis from Fox Sports and also uh, the NFL Network uh, coverage there on uh, the NFL Network on the N NFL Draft. It's brought to you by Premier Golf and their 12 great locations across the area. The Mariners have sent out a press release. Uh-oh. They have sent out a press release. Woo. We'll have that for you next. In the Gas Man on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Entertaining Sports Talk. Yeah. Welcome back to the radio program. Puck and Slick. Felty's here. Admitted earlier in the show today, he likes to separate his whites and laundry. blacks. Laundry. Laundry. Of laundry. Course. And laundry. I don't like doing My wife likes to separate the laundry. <laughs> I don't separate the laundry. 
That's the it wastes. Can lot we of play the drop later? No. Are you saying it? Please. No. God, it was funny. That's too bad. No. No. We all have to laugh at it. You play the. I made you keep the one where I said something about someone's package. And you asked me to play that for you. Because it's funny. I you, don't think it's funny. You. You played the drop of my mother for a month straight. Yeah, you played you play Mamu, this. and I can't. Didn't find say it. Well, oh. that's different. Mamu, I can't say Mamu. No. Oh. God. And I can't find it anywhere. Did you erase it? What? You erased Mamu, no, did? Yes, you did, because I can't find it anywhere. Oh, that's very strange. It used to be on my button bar. Oh, my God. And now it's it disappeared. I don't know what happened. Yeah. To be fair, I, Slick, I only play it when somebody tells me to play it. Oh, okay. Well, well I never play made you play it because I, I was had the opportunity to play it myself. Only play the blacks and whites cut when somebody <laughs> tells you to play going, it. It's... God, that's not what. Oh, it's well, laundry. If you're wondering, what are you guys talking about? Well, we played the audio earlier today from Mike Schmidt, the Phillies legend, who. Who got himself in a little bit of trouble, and the PC police got all after him because he was joking about Brandon McCarthy, a joke that Brandon McCarthy made, or his wife made, mm -hmm. and, and Mike Schmidt said on the air that I have a dishwasher at home. He paused and said, it's my wife, and then everyone got upset. You are, this is not what you can do. You can't make jokes. And then he made it worse. And he kind of made it, he made it, he did, when he brought in the Me Too movement, I agree. He made it a little, he made it worse, but... The, that joke itself was fine. So it led us to our daily poll question uh, today because we all can agree on this. People don't like doing chores, right? Right. People, it doesn't matter who you are. Charles Davis agreed with the, the, the voters today. But there has been a big movement here in the last 20 minutes. Really? In our daily poll question, you can still vote, and we'll open up the phone lines with lunch with listeners at noon, too. And also, and it will also ask you some hard-hitting sports takes because Purple Sheet's been rolling around. I think I got a text from Purple Sheet. Uh, excuse me. Can you can you start talking about hard-hitting sports, please? Okay. More. Leave the so, chore stuff alone. More, oh. more. I need more hot takes. All right. Eat your own. You need more hot takes. I want because he, he sent me a text that uh, we need, and even I think uh, Kevin Shockey agrees with this uh, assistant program director. We need at least a minimum of 10 hot takes per three hours. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's a new rule. It hasn't been unveiled yet, yeah. but we're, there is talk of unveiling a you must um, get okay, 10 hot takes got one. per three hours. You know how the Seahawks have the bird that flies out, brings the team out? Yeah. Now when the, the Mariners come out of the dugout, Eat your flies. Eagle. <laughs> Eagle. Eagle and James Paxton. With Ichiro on his back because he needs a new role right, for the organization. Yeah, well, he's going to be the Eagle handler. Yes, there we go. The we finally James found it. James Paxton's eagle handler. That's Ichiro. You'll be shocked. I sent the suggestion that we got on the text line about the Ichiro slap-hitting sushi bar mm -hmm. over to, to management oh, over there. Good for you. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Kevin Martinez. Yes. Right? He's, He's a big deal now. Uh, you'd be, and I always send Kevin a lot of ideas, and he responds to zero of them. Really? Yeah, and this is the latest. He's just not responded to my idea of Ichiro's a second career. Oh, my God. You know, slap, I would think the Ichiro slap hitting sushi bar over at Safeco Field. You can put it right next to Edgar's Cantina. I thought that's the best idea you've had. It's certainly better than fried grasshoppers. Uh, well, that wasn't my idea. Well, no, but I'm yeah, just saying theirs. it's a better idea uh, than that. So, what chores around the house do you despise the most? We are all, of course, in relationships. The Felty, Felty's been married for uh, how long? You been married for now? Uh, since September 2016. Okay. So almost going almost two years. I mean, Perfect. Yeah, you could you're say a year and a half. That's okay. And yeah. uh, you are in a long relationship. It's going to lead to marriage probably. Yeah, that's what it's looking like. Really? Wow. I, I was just throwing it out there. Oh, you wow. said that out loud? Wow. Yeah, Let's propose it on the air. 
Well, that's, that's not, a radio bit that no one ever does. That's not how that's the producer pro- uh, proposes to his uh, girlfriend on air and then gets married on air. Okay, well, didn't Purple Sheet want you to get married on the air, Felty? Uh, we did other things in, instead of that terrible idea. No, <laughs> on the air. Uh, yeah, so we did uh, the, the dating game on the air. Oh, of, that's of, right. Yeah, of, of well, who Jackson won't marry. Slickcock to get married on the air. But how long you've been dating your 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 uh, wonderful six girlfriend? Six months now. Six months. Like yeah. Strong relationship for yes. you, Slickcock. That's right. So, what chores around the house do you despise the most? Uh, cleaning the bathroom right now was a runaway leader. Now it's dropped back a little bit. Thirty nine percent. Losing steam. Gaining is yard work at twenty five percent, followed by laundry at nineteen percent and dishes at seventeen percent. I don't know about where you guys live. You live in Federal Way. You live in Freelard. Right. I know in Ballard. <laughs> I know in Ballard, other than my house, because I'm addicted to doing yard work, and I like a nice yard. People just don't like their yards in Seattle. They just let them go. Huh. You don't find them. In the suburbs, people put some time and effort into their yards. In the city, people are like, no, nah, I don't care what it looks like. And it's amazing because, like, you live in the city, your house is worth $900,000. How right. about put a little little elbow grease into the thing, maybe, <laughs> to make it look nice? You don't find a lot of yards in the city, do you? Well, it's small, but, yeah. I mean, how about how about just mow your lawn and, you know, edge the thing? Yeah. Pick the weeds out. It's not hard. People or, in Seattle refuse to do it. Or hire somebody to do it. Or hire somebody to do it. Suburbs, people in the suburbs. Oh, the Burbies. Yeah. Burbies, they, they, they love. There's a great pride in the suburban household to take care of your lawn. Oh, yeah. Well, not so much in the city. HOA, that, that kind of is an influence. Well, maybe an too. HOA. Yeah. I don't, maybe we should have an HOA in, in Loyal Heights neighborhood. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll sign up for that. Uh, all right, breaking news for the mayors. They have sent out a, a handy-dandy uh, news release. Ooh. I know people are going to hate me for this. Uh, Mariners right-hander Edwin Diaz has been named the uh, Hartford Presents American League Reliever of the Month for April. The second such honor in his career. He converted 11 of 11 save opportunities by posting a 0.63 ERA. That's one earned run in 14 in the third innings pitch. 14 relief appearances in March and April. Uh, The right-hander struck out 27. He walked seven. He limited opposing batters, my God, to an an 0.43 uh, average against, 043. Un- they were two for 46 against him. And they were both singles. That is unbelievable. Were they? Yeah. Can you remember them? One. <laughs> I remember I, one. I, I, mean, God, I, was, I was thinking you would remember that. He averaged uh, 16.95 uh, strikeouts per nine innings pitched. Unbelievable. Mm. So congratulations there uh, to Edwin Diaz. He is one of nine pitchers in Major League history. Done 10 times to record at least 11 saves and 27 strikeouts in any calendar month. Diaz is the first to do so since Chapman did it uh, for Cincinnati. 13 saves and 31 Ks in July of 2012. The second Mariners pitcher to do so joining the Sheriff, Norm Charlton, (laughs) who had 11 saves and 29 strikeouts in September of 1995. Overall, Diaz, 12 for 12 save opportunities with a 0.59 ERA, 29 Ks, 9 walks, and 15 relief appearances. You want to know why they're 17 and 11 right now? It's the, their offense, their bullpen, and then clearly Eddie, Eddie Fast Eddie. Uh, any, pretty much anything for, but the starters. Yeah, and they're, <laughs> they're going to come around. Yeah. Come I mean, around. Felix is the staff of the ace. Paxton's got to get staff it going. A 4-8-9 four, four, ERA yeah. for Felix. Marco, uh, Marco's had two good last outings, have been decent for him. Yep. Three and two, five point zero two ERA. Still like Sparky. 
I'm still yeah. okay with Sparky, but you're right. The only thing that's holding them back right now and the only thing that will prevent them from sustaining this good start to the season will be their starting pitch. Get Paxton going. And here's the thing, too. You can always add a guy at the deadline. Oh, I'm, I'm already thinking about deadline. Oh. I'm already starting to bug Chuck Powell. Yeah. Who can we get? Well, who, who are you going to give up? Huh? I don't know. We'll You've got like somebody. one guy in your organization. Well, maybe a team wants to give up somebody. They want to get rid of somebody or maybe a contract. Eat a, eat a contract. They've got money to spend. They can spend money. They wouldn't spend $12 million Fine. on Lance well, Lynn, who that's hasn't now. done well. But That's now. If they get to this opportunity in July and they're in it, they better open up. Old Stanton better open up the old wallet book. Old checkbook and start writing checks for players. Well, whatever you got to do. Please. There we go. Whatever you got to do. Whatever That's a ta- great slogan. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Uh, Feltsy, he had a uh, Sounders Weekly show last night. We do it every single Wednesday. We do the uh, Feltsy Sounders recap. We'll do it next. Now back to Puckett and the Gas Man on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Entertaining sports talk. I don't know, Felty. I just learned something off the air that I don't. I'm not going to share on the air about some in-house in-house goings on here. Just say that uh, our little midday afternoon midday shows on the outside looking in tonight. Outside looking in tonight. Wow. Yeah, you just be quiet over there, Slickhawk. Yeah. Outside looking in tonight. You can share it. Let's go. Well, well, we may. I'll, I'll get. You know, I got to watch myself. I don't watch myself. We have a Sounders Weekly review. Uh-huh. Huh? Unbelievable. Well, hold, now, hold on about Sounders Weekly. What's what's going oh, on? I don't know. It's uh, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I well, I, what's going on? Should, should I bring it up? Yes, of course. Yeah. Apparently, apparently, uh, morning show and uh, is softy too. I'll go into the Mariners game tonight in a big old fancy suite. Uh, did you get a, an email uh, inviting uh, you, I, you know to what? this Mariners game tonight? I didn't a big get fan- an email. You did? No, I didn't. Oh, That's amazing. Big fancy there suite. No with, email. There was a meeting with all the booze and food taken care of, huh? Little morning. I got. I didn't get anything. I wasn't told about huh. it. Gas wasn't told about it. I. I doubt Ian and Adam were told about it. Hmm. They. They were in the meeting. Huh? Yeah, they knew. Yeah. Wait, wait. So they knew so, that they couldn't go to this. They could. I'm sure they could have. Putting you in a bad position right now, aren't I? What do you mean? <laughs> I'm just here so I won't get fired. I just wanted to know why, if because we obviously weren't, you know, myself and Jackson. Well, we look. Hold on, and gas not in this this meeting apparently. It must have happened. At, they're always at eleven o'clock. Exactly. They always plan them. Mm-hmm. Which let me. I'll just stop here before I get myself in real trouble. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoy that these meetings are at 11 right. o'clock. Yeah. You've never really complained about no. that before. No, well, now I'm going to complain. Sometimes you might miss something. I'd then. like to be in the suite tonight. Yeah, yeah as would I. Well, with, with free booze and food? Who I didn't know there gonna... was free booze and food. Well, I would assume there's going to be free booze and food in a suite. suite. That's, well, that's kind of what happens, some, right? Sometimes, sometimes huh. not. I don't know. Wow. Huh. huh. Well, that huh. sounds like I was. Free. Were you free tonight, Jackson? You know what? I absolutely am. You know, Puck, you want to get to? Oh, you know, let's let's go have dinner and, and charge the company. Let's on. go. See, I'm going to go sit in the left field bleacher seats. Yeah, exactly. Where with the it, real fans with sit. Jackson? Yeah, 
With yeah, the segregator? You know huh? Well, that's... Laundry. You're going to have Laundry. to be able to, at some point, apologize for saying earlier today you separate the whites and the blacks. I apologize for misspeaking the first time, and I'm glad I could... Yeah. Uh, now we're talking about laundry, obviously. Yeah, yeah, laundry. Mm-hmm. All right, wow. wow. You mean the, in the melting pot that is America, the I laundry. I'm not sure I can continue the rest of the show having wow. this knowledge that apparently there's a, a party tonight at Safeco Field I wouldn't with, call it a party. Well, you're there. Softy's there. We're hosting guests. Who? What guests? I don't. I don't have the guests. Advertisers, list. sponsors. Sure. Well, does this show not need? I, I would. Yeah. I'd like a spot. Yeah. We'd like some sponsors for stuff. It's I, not just for I'd us. I'd like. I'd like to not have to go out on my own and sell stuff. So I would like. Yeah, we'd like. It's, help. it's not sure. just for us. It's the station's no. sponsors mm-hmm. and advertisers. We're left out. Not just the morning this show. This is a no. Nah, this is just a tradition. It's a midday show tradition. That is that is that has been going on for thirty years. We get left out. We're that guy. We're the last pick, Jackson. Yep. No, last look at it this way. Yeah. Last Weird. pick for the basketball team on the court. Yep. We're doing the work for you. Okay. We're 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 talking to these people and yeah, getting you, things because done. Because free boot and free booze you can't, is work. You can't remake this right. All right, uh, Jackson. As I yeah. as I try to recover Gosh. from this news that we just received, um, of course uh, we're out. Uh, Ian's out. Adam's out. But uh, have fun tonight, Slick, with the morning show. And, well, I'm gonna have a great time. You know, Gabby <laughs> Plain. <laughs> Gabby Plain throwing out the first pitch. Gabby oh, Plain, uh, wow. crush of hey, mine. Yes. Gonna, I mean, have fun. Mm. I I have in. I've worked here for. 15 years yeah. have never once been invited to a suite at a Mariners game oh. ever. How long has Bucky worked here for? About six weeks. Six weeks. <laughs> Thanks, Purple Sheep. See where we stand in our relationship. Okay. This Look, is going to take just... therapy to get over. I just want to let you know, <laughs> and I will at some point bill my heart media for this. I'm very uncomfortable in the seat right now. <laughs> Chuck, uh, Puck, if you're feeling whiplash right now, that I have call a Chuck. I, I, no, Did you fine. just call him That's Chuck? Okay. First, first time I've done that, I He's do apologize. worked with Chuck for I many apologize. years. It's okay. I apologize. Anyway, <laughs> if, if you're feeling whiplash from this news, I mean, you're you saying, need a you chiropractor. Should, I've never called Bucky Dick. You should be happy they didn't call me Slick, because, you know, with him and his colors. You know, oh, that's true. Well, Andre. he's not going to get that mixed up. <laughs> Andre. All right. Uh, give, me the, uh, give me the recap. Uh, yeah. And take your time. Give me the recap last night of the Sounders Weekly Show, starring Garth Logaway and the host of games. Three words. For I can't catch. Okay, go. Uh, it was a really unfortunate. 99, 90, 999 times out of 1,000, Stefan Fry makes that save. But unfortunately, this was the time that it just had a bad deflection. It went in. So uh, talked about the loss with Grant Wall. He's a senior writer with Sports Illustrated, one of the best soccer minds in the nation. We had a great conversation. Uh, also talked with the Garth Lagerway, the general manager and president with the Sounders, and had a conversation as well with Will Brew in the forward. Uh, the big piece of information that came out during the show last night was from Garth. Uh, he yesterday was it was transfer deadline day. It's sort of like trade deadline day, where it's the deadline to bring in players from from ac- across the nation and the world. Uh, and and he he offered up this piece of information on trade deadline day. How I describe the market in general is that there are some things available at big premiums, and ultimately, uh, you know, there wasn't a great value out there for us, and so we we passed on on overpaying for a couple of things. So they did not bring in anybody, which was uh, which was what everybody thought that they really needed to do after the Jordan Morris injury. Yep. Uh, so we'll wait about 11 weeks for the summer transfer window to open up, and that is when Garth 
I believe 100% will bring in one or two impact attacking pieces. Who are who? Do we know some names that could be available? Uh, no, we do not know exactly what those targets were that he talked about be having those high premiums. Uh, but I can guarantee that that at least one or two of them were attacking pieces because that is where this team needs to improve okay. right now. And Will Bruin talked about that as well. Uh, some really good stuff in the podcast. You can listen to it at sportsradiokjr.com. Okay. Can we get Neymar? Neymar? <laughs> no way at all. How much would it cost to get him? If, we, if they said, hey, we want him, how much would that take? Uh, m- could, more... you make it, you, could you make it so much he'd have to, he couldn't turn it down? We may need to start a GoFundMe page how for much that. Would, how much does he make now? How much is he, he hurt, make... though? Isn't he hurt? Uh, uh, he is hurt. Always hurt. But here's the, here's the thing. It would but require, it would See, require a transfer soccer. fee. It, well, so, fine. so basically, we would have to go okay. pay a PSG for Neymar's right. Let's and just say he's healthy. Impossible. How much money would it take? Total. Just throw a number out. How much would it take? Well, yeah, Paul Allen owns part fee. of the team. Andrew Carey. Andrew Carey. He makes money. With the transfer fee, I'm yeah. north of $50 million. Okay, we got That's that. Fine. We got that. We got that. This covered. is Seattle. This is Seattle. We're Look, building buildings left and right. It's a million dollars for an apartment three blocks yeah. down the way. In West Seattle, they're list. No, it was in Ballard. They're listening. To- you see this in the news? There's like mold in this house. Mm-hmm. They're selling it for seven fifty. I saw that. There's mold growing 50 in it. Fifty mil? Yeah. That you can and find that in the couch guess. cushions. That's, that's a, Let me ask you this question, Felty. What do you if think? we signed Neymar, do you think he would be invited to the suite tonight at Safeco <laughs> Field to watch? Of Not if Jackson's yes, of in charge he because he likes to separate the whites. From well, him. man, I, I uh, think laundry. Neymar. I think Neymar would get a chance to uh, be in the suite too. tonight. Yeah. <laughs> All right, lunch with listeners coming up next. Brought to you by the Other Coast Cafe. Uh, we'll get back into our daily poll question today. What chores? Do you despise the most dishes, cleaning the bathroom, yard work, laundry? We'll talk more about the M's uh, tonight as they continue to take on the Oakland A's. Also, uh, we didn't introduce this yet, but based on what what, what I have seen personally from LeBron James, who could you watch? Who would you pay the most to watch right now play sports? And do you think myself and the Midday Guys should be allowed in the suite tonight over at Safe Goldfield? Lunch with listeners now.